The up-and-coming hard rock band Voices at Midnight is fronted by Joan Hodge, and she's here with The Antidote. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Very happy to be here with you today. Voices at Midnight is out of Surfside Beach, South Carolina. Does this mean that the whole band is living the dream? You know, you guys are playing gigs at night and spending your days on the beach? You would think that. Um, <laughs> however, we, we are living what we call the locals dream. We are doing doing our rocker stuff at night, but we are lovely workers by day. So it's more like the Cinderella thing where you work, 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 and then have the fairy godmother, so to speak, come and say, here's a gig and go to the show all nice and dressed up instead of wearing UPS uniforms and or scrubs or <laughs> whatever else we're donning for the day. And are you wearing the scrubs or the UPS uniform? I actually am wearing different things. I wear scrubs because I'm a massage therapist and aromatherapist and reflexologist. But I also uh, work with a lot of different companies. So helping children with special needs and cancer patients and veterans with PTSD. So whatever it dawns, that's what, that's what I've got on. That seems to be a dramatic difference from you singing in a hard rock band. Yes, it actually is. Um, and it's rather funny because I was classically trained from my parents who were also musicians. So I grew up singing opera and country <laughs> and jazz. And now I'm screaming it out. So it's it's quite the fun difference to be calm, sweet, social therapist by day and then rocker by night. <laughs> and I read somewhere that you used to play in a military band. I did. I have played with the 282nd out of Columbia at Fort Jackson. I played with the 29th Division 116th up in Roanoke, Virginia. And then I was stationed with 246 in South Carolina. I was playing the French horn primarily. I also played trumpet and then I sang for the rock bands there. French horn, isn't that the one that nobody wants to play? That's the one that everyone thinks they don't want to play until they have the magic brass in their hands and discover what a wonderful world and how awesome it is because John Williams loves French horns. So you always got to always gotta love a horn. Anytime you hear cool stuff in Star Wars, that's a horn part. <laughs> I love this mysterious band name, Voices at Midnight. You got to tell me the story. Yeah, we were first called Souls Ascension. And we discovered that uh, announcers were having problems saying Souls Ascension. They were like, what, what kind of really cool name can we grab and get attention with? And Randy Ellswick, one of our guitar players, um, was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? How do you feel about Voices at Midnight? And we're like, yeah, where'd you come up with that? And he said, you know how when you're little and you're sleeping in your bed and you think you've heard something in the middle of the night and you don't want to move because you know as soon as you step out on the floor, that monster is going to grab you or they're going to come out from the closet. So you scream in the middle of the night, Daddy, come save me. And the parent comes running in and takes care of it. Well, that's how our Lord works. You know, it can be in the daytime. It can be in the middle of the night. And if we have an issue, we can call on him and get help because he's there. So he hears our voice because we're his children. So Voices in the Night, and then Vam for short. I love that analogy. Okay, well, give us the background on the band itself. How did Voices at Midnight come together? Voices came together um, under the direction of uh, Chuck Benton, one of our other guitar players. He had 
a couple of other people with him. And then uh, he and uh, Chris Porter, the bass player, had gotten together. And I came along via a Craigslist ad. I had come from Seattle, Washington side and was headed either to Nashville or Myrtle Beach, chose Myrtle Beach and went in. And it was very funny because when I came in for the audition, they're looking at me and they're thinking, she's too sweet and nice. There's no way (laughs) she's going to pull this off. And then I started singing. They went, we're sorry, Lord. (laughs) This is it. And then eventually uh, we ended up with Randy Ellswick and Audie Nelson, our drummer, and just uh, went from, uh, as said, as Soul's Ascension to Voices at Midnight currently. Bam, for short. I love your sound of the band because it's like you guys have stepped out of the 80s, you know, especially during the opening guitar riff on Solar Skies. What's the appeal with recording that style of rock? Well, there are several different aspects, really. Um, things that we draw on from personal experiences, but the thing that we we focus on is what's going to represent how we all feel. And that's kind of where we're coming from because we have several different eclectic backgrounds. And so, you know, you could spend paper, rock, scissors all day trying to go, let's do this way, let's do this <laughs> way. And, and what ends up happening is just a beautiful culmination of what we've all grown up with. And that's how it gets formed. Um, sometimes we have some really powerful, chunky stuff and we automatically are like, hmm, that may be a good breakdown. But the original parts of the riffs that come in at first uh, do sound a little fun from the rock in the 80s and stuff. And that's just, you know, we're, we're 80s kids <laughs> for, for the most part. And um, you always have that sound wanting to go forward. And I think what's very cool about that is it may sound older, but it still has a new eclectic vibe to it. A little almost esoteric in a way where, you know, it's understood by few, but really appreciated. I hear what you're saying about this, but I don't hear any country or any opera in what you're doing. No, and you won't. (laughs) Not necessarily. I mean, I gotta love, I grew up on Patsy Cline and, and singing crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely, (laughs) but you're not going to hear that for, for voices. I'm glad about that. I'm sorry. Just not no, a country fan. To each his own. And that is why I have discovered that I too am not always a country fan. I think I would be rather miserable if I got told I could only sing one genre for the rest of my life. So I'm very happy that rock has come to the forefront. We are talking here a little bit about just songs and what comes into it from the band. Obviously, the lyrics and music are the basis of any song. But do you think that one takes more importance for the band? Actually, they have a beautiful semblance together. Um, They're very symbiotic. Um, When we're going through and listening to the music, um, the guys are so pumped up by the time we get to practice because they've they've thought about this new riff that they want to share. And I'm listening and letting this permeate my soul to the very core of my being and then all of a sudden I have this image of where we want to go with it and you know Chuck is really great about writing some of the lyrics as well so you would think 
that as normal some bands really either focus on the music and or the lyrics and then the other follows but really it's a beautiful tango between the two i love your single ashes from forever alive the ep what mm -hmm. was it about the song that made you want to choose it to be the single the fact that it says sickle of death where is your sting no as in K-N-O-W, if I'm six foot under, I'll never die. I'm forever alive. We live in a world where more so now than ever, there is hope being attacked on the forefronts. We have everything trying to come up against us. And so while people are fearing death, we want to put out there that death truly is not to be feared, nor is life. And we just wanted to refocus the positive to both aspects but why that one in particular versus the other songs on the ep that one is mainly the heart of what what vam is um we know that there's something more to our existence we know that there's something more to how we live daily on a daily basis we're not just waking up brushing our teeth getting our clothes on and and going out to to be a slave to the world and that's why we chose it forever alive and mainly wanting to let our future fans know and and the current ones that there is nothing greater than knowing the outcome has already been laid at the end and it's a good hope it's a promise, and Vam likes that promise. So that's why, out of everything, it was chosen. This might come across as being sexist, Joan, but I really don't want it to be. <laughs> You're a rarity. I mean, female-fronted rock bands and Christian music aren't unknown, but there aren't a lot around. Like, should that change? Well... Um, I kind of like being a rarity in, in a way. Um, I rather enjoy the look when people assume that I'm here to see the band and I'm like, no, I'm actually the singer <laughs> for, <laughs> for the band. So like, I, I don't need to pay a ticket because I'm, I'm actually the, the front man. <laughs> um, I think overall that um, people get accompanied in a, a different kind of element with association. It's not so much that they're stereotyping. It's just that there's an opening. For example, while country is not your favorite, um, I, I can draw on it for um, this analogy and that, you know, had starting out with a male cycle and then there's a female cycle and then there's a male cycle. And so I think for Christian rock music, we've just been in a cycle where there's like a lot of good males and it's not that females are afraid to step up to the plate or that we don't want to. It's just that it, it's a cycle of things. And so now we're kind of coming into our own, so to speak. And um, I don't think that we should just flood the industry with a bunch of females just for the sake of, having females in the forefront, I think we should flood the industry with talent and heart and passion. And it doesn't matter if it's female-fronted or male-fronted. And do you think that people change their expectations of a band based on the vocalist sex? Sometimes I think they do. Sometimes I think that they're going, oh, well, it's not going to be as powerful because she's a girl. And then they hear it and they go, oh, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that.
other times I think that some people are just drawn to good music. And again, it doesn't matter if it's a male or female singing. They are wanting to just um, experience music with heart, music that makes a difference in their life and, and what they're going through. And so, so long as that's good, they're happy with whomever singing. Well, again, being a woman in rock, what are the pros and cons? The uh, the con is is when people think that you're either some kind of roadie or groupie, um, <laughs> inappropriately so. And I'm just like, no, really, I I'm the singer. And given that um, a lot of times when I'm doing sound checks, I'm still in scrubs. You know, they they already have this assumption that uh, this is not going to be very good. She's talking in a spa voice. And <laughs> then when I go into the sound check, they're like, oh, what? whoa, okay, this is going to be a good show. Now we like this now. And so that can be a drawback where people are automatically having the assumption that uh, you're not going to be able to necessarily want to crowd over because they can't hear you. Uh, the pros are being unique in such a vast industry. So it gives you a little bit of a competitor's advantage, so to speak. And um, the other pro I think would be just having the ability to make a difference where someone else might not be able to just because I happen to be a female. And so they're looking at me differently and not necessarily in a bad way. It's just saturation of males in the industry. So when that opportunity comes, I take very full advantage because I want people to not just have this thing like, oh, okay, Voices of Midnight, but they're like, no, Voices of Midnight. Something that's funny, I find with some women vocalists, you're speaking to them and they've got a strong voice. You've got an extremely strong singing voice, mm -hmm. but they get on the stage and all of a sudden they turn into this wimpy little, you know, wispy waif of a voice. <laughs> Which almost seems to be so contrived. It's almost like you think that it's a preset. I, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the day, I have this southern genteel moment, unless a tourist has cut me off, and then for which I am praying for heavenly hosts to come down and protect us from getting hit. <laughs> but... um yeah, when I'm when I'm on stage, it's a completely different factor because I grew up um, with musicians, and one of the biggest things that my parents taught me was to, as they say back home, open up and let her fly. And the other thing that I have tried to um, harness and focus in on is not being vocally constipated. I want people to know what I'm saying. I'm there for a reason. I have no reason to be meek and timid. It's not a coffee house. This is a rock show. So I need to get the point across. Make sure that they heard it. Here we go. It's time for dreams and for reality. What does Voices at Midnight want to achieve as a band? Our biggest goal is to keep on moving forward with reaching out to new fans. Um, we have a powerful message. It's not one of our own. It's one that we've been blessed to have the task of reaching out with. And the reality is, is that we're not looking at this to make a quick buck. We're looking at this at an eternity aspect. You know, linear existence aside, you know, we go from point A to point B to point C. Our, our goal is to make that journey all the more worthwhile to know that at the end of the day, when we leave this place, 
that we did what we were supposed to do. We made the difference that we were supposed to make. We told who we were supposed to tell the good news and in such a way that it moved them to tell someone else. Okay, we haven't covered the most important thing, Joan. How do you get the music of Voices at Midnight? That, Dave, is an excellent question. You can (laughs) find us on Pandora. You can go on to iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play and Amazon as well. And um, if you're trying to make a decision and you're not sure which one you want to do, we also have a YouTube channel as well. And then you can reach us on ReverbNation.com forward slash Voices at Midnight, where we can have links set up and also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Well, Joan, this has been really cool. Thanks for meeting with The Antidote and best of luck for Voices at Midnight. Thank you, Dave. We just appreciate sincerely the opportunity to be with you today. And we look forward to listening to The Antidote again and again and telling our fans to do the same. Thanks, Joan. Thank you.